We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. I'm going to be speaking from Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And um, encourage you to read along even if you need to catch up a few days. Grab, <laughs> grab a bookmark in there. We're almost finished Matthew and then we'll be going on to the next book. Um, Throughout the book of Matthew, you often read, read phrases like uh, Jesus was teaching in, and he's, often you hear him say, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, or the kingdom of God is like a treasure, or the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price. And I think there's about 90-odd verses that talk about the kingdom of God. And lots of parables. Parable is a, a story to illustrate something or to help explain something and most of the time when jesus talks about the kingdom of god we need to understand and i think we've talked about this a bit he's not talking about when we die that side of the kingdom of god he's talking about what happens when god's rule and reign is really evident uh, on the earth and he's painting a picture he's trying to teach us about the kingdom of god culture I suppose, the culture of the kingdom. We all come from different cultures, some different nationalities, some from different places where they're different cultures, but there's a culture of the kingdom of God. And um, describing how God wants us to live here on earth when we're well connected with God and we're representing him, um, when he's the king of our life. And we're going to read from Matthew chapter 25 from verse 14. And you might know this as the parable of the talents or the parable of the three servants um but we're going to read from verse 14 jesus is speaking here and he says again the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone he gave five bags of silver or five talents, your Bible might say, to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. For you've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have two more. I earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, 
and knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your one, uh, or here's your money back, or your one talent back. The master replied, "You wicked and lazy servant! If you knew I harvest the crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it." Then he ordered to to take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they were given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whoa! What does that mean? It's describing some of what the kingdom looks like. Um, And those who don't understand and embrace the kingdom culture end up with much less than God planned for them. They end up weeping, they end up fully, full of regret, living in darkness. And I want you to note, before we get into this, um, a really important, it's really important to get the right concept of God. If we read about, uh, if we form a, a wrong concept of God, like the one talent guy did, it'll affect how his kingdom is worked out in your life how we live because the one talent guy said to the master I knew you were harsh and not generous Jesus was pointing out the importance of being fruitful and the one talent man thought the master who represented God was a harsh God and he was paralyzed with fear now well, you must assume that the other two guys thought something different because they had a completely different outlook They must have thought something different about the master because they weren't afraid and they just went for it. They invested theirs and they got uh, a return. So how we understand God really affects how we live our life. How we perceive him completely affects how we serve him and follow him. And if we understand that God is generous, we will respond... um, with security will step out in faith but if you think God is harsh and out to get you you end up fearful and hiding and unfruitful and full of regret so that was his perception Um, let's pray Lord we thank you for your word and I pray you'll maybe speak to us in some way as I open it up a little bit this morning so in the kingdom of God we see that the master gives gifts to his servants now even that was quite strange because in those days you had a caste system and masters never gave money to their servants or their slaves they might have given it to their heirs but he gives gifts to all and um, the whole gospel is actually about God giving his son God giving us something that we don't necessarily deserve or we don't deserve and God has reached down and given each person here gifts or talents and abilities he's given you his grace he's given you his life but he's also given you deposited gifts within you and God wants you to do something with what he's given you Uh, the kingdom of God is about being fruitful being a blessing and it's no surprise that 
you know, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, the very first command that God gave people was to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. And it's the same right here. And I believe God wants you and me to be fruitful in every part of our life. Um, And when we're fruitful, there's a response from the master. Well done, good and faithful servant. Who did he say that to? Those who were fruitful. Um, So let's understand that faithfulness in the kingdom of God isn't just showing up and being loyal. Loyalty is great and I love loyal people. But it wasn't saying well done good and loyal people. Well done good and faithful people. And how did he know they were faithful? Because they they bore fruit in their lives. They did something with what God has given them. And uh, in this room, there's all sorts of talents and gifted people. Just have a look around. Look at them. You know, there's, we've all got different gifts. We've all got different talents. All been gifted by God, and each one is an asset to the kingdom of God. Everyone here has gifts, every single person. There's some things you can do well which other people can't do. And some of you just do it well. You haven't ever been taught it. You just do it well. It's a gift from God and I see people do something and how do you do that? Well, you just do it because it's, it's like a gift. They've developed it, but it's a gift. And there's skills. Some have a way with people. Some have, uh, you know, a heart or certain a passion or a talent or uh, they're, they're creative or whatever it might be. And uh, we need to understand that the gifts we have are God-given. And... Uh, Let's use those gifts for God's kingdom. You are a gift. And you don't want to hide those gifts away. Or, or you know, the, the, the lesson, one of the lessons behind this parable is if you hide what you got away, you end up losing it. It's important to note um, there were different gifts given to each person. God gave five to one and two to others and just one to the third one. Now, they didn't look at one another and say, well, that's not very fair. How come he's got five and he's got two and I only got one? I don't know if you've ever done that to anybody. It's not fair. That person is so gifted. Um, There's something I've learned about God. God's not fair like we call fair. We would say fair is, well, they all should have two each or three each. But no, God is, he's not fair, but he is just. And let, let me maybe just talk about that. Um, he doesn't give the same gifts to every person. You don't want me building your house. You might want Nathan building your house. You probably don't want Nathan playing piano at your wedding. Fair call? Fair call. Although he'd probably give it a shot. Different people have different gifts... And different people have different amount of gifts. And God is just because he says he gave them gifts according to their ability. Now, we often want gifts that other people have. Anyone wanted that? I wish I could do that like that person does. Now, the master gave gifts according to their ability. He looked at them considered what they could handle, how they were made, how he made them, 
and he gave them the right gift for them. Not something that's ill-fitting. You, uh, you try to do the wrong thing or you, or you have the wrong gift and it'll break you because you're trying to do something you're not made to do. It's not good to, you know, it's never good to be jealous of somebody or compare yourself so you can try and do something that you're not built to handle. Oh, why does that person get all that? They must be God's favourite. You know, don't cover is one of the Ten Commandments. Did you know that? Don't cover. Don't cover your neighbour's ox. Anyone got an ox here? No. Don't cover. You know, it's the one commandment you can't see on the outside because it's something, but it's all happening on the inside, isn't it? It rips you up. God considered your ability, your makeup, how he made you before he gave you the gifts he's given you. He didn't want to stress you out, put you over the edge, and you don't really want what other people have because we're all different. And uh, some he gave five, some he gave two, some he gave one, some he gave many more. God is not a communist. Okay, we think, well, they all should get the one each. Have the same opportunities. I'm five foot nine, I want to be, no, what if I was five foot eight? I want to be ruck in the football team. That big tall six foot 11 guy gets to ruck all the time and I don't get a turn at rucking. And I'm only five foot nine, why can't I get a turn? It's fair. If I had a turn, it would kill me if I was five foot nine. So God doesn't give you the opportunities you're not built for. He's made you a certain way. And if you get out of your zone or out of your lane for too long, you know, that's where you start to get stressed and crash and burn. So there's all different gifts. They all have different amounts, but they all have the same opportunity to do something with what God had given them. And you might not have what your neighbour has, but we all have the opportunity. So Mr Five Gifts got went to work, invested them somehow. Well, at the time, we're talking about money. The story's talking about money, but I'm talking about the things God has given us. He invested it. He got five more. He went to work, and he thought, I, I think I can do something with this. He's a bit of an entrepreneur. He's a bit like Randy Badman. Give him some money. Oh, I'll build a storage unit. Oh, I'll buy some emus. I'll, I'll buy an aeroplane. He, he's that sort of person. Maybe I can do something with what God has given me. Every boss, every employer, every leader loves to have people who take what they've got and, and make an increase out of it, make it better. You know, when you get a job or when, in your job, if you turn something small into something great, you know, you'll, you'll never be you'll, be, you'll be the employer that people want to hang on to. Everyone else is doing the bare minimum, but I'm doing more with what I've given. If a recession comes, you'll be the last person they'll fire because you, 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 you bring an increase. You make it more. So the one with five turned his into ten. The one with two said, I think I can do something with my two, and he, he ended up with four. And number one said, well, the master's coming back. I've heard stories. I'm not taking any chances. I'm just going to bury this thing. He hit it in the ground. He's got the wrong concept about his master. The others didn't think that. And there's a warning, I think, for all of us in this. 
If you focus on fear, you'll bury your talents. If you're folk, you know, we all face things which are scary. But don't bury whatever the talent God has given you because of fear. Bury your fear and use your talent. And let's be challenged. We, we all have fears. We all have a bit of anxiety at times. But don't let that stop you using the gifts God has given you. Don't be paralysed by fear. And when God gives you an opportunity, work your magic on the thing, whatever your thing is. Make it better. Because a fruitful servant, they're the ones that were called faithful. Not just the ones that showed up every week. It was the ones that actually took what God gave them and did something with it. What are you going to do with the gifts God has given you? The life, the talent, the time, the creativity, the skills. Don't waste it. Don't bury it. Honour God with it. Well, I did it once, Darren, and they criticised me. Well, I tried that once, and uh, I wasn't appreciated. You know, that stuff happens at times. Because not everyone gets it. But uh, you got to serve God. What does God think about it? What are you going to do with the gifts God has given you? Don't let that sort of stuff stop you from becoming fruitful. Decide to honour God with your talent. Now, we've all got problems, we've all got difficulties, but I'll guarantee there's someone stuck in a hospital somewhere wishing they were where you are and had the gifts that you have. It's all, all perspective. Someone dreaming about your opportunities, your talents. So the master comes back from the journey after a long time and uh, the one with five gifts... I've been waiting for you, Master. Look, look what I've done. I've, I've got five more. And the, the one with two does a little dance. And it says the Master actually celebrated with them. I think that's pretty cool. He celebrated with them. Well done, good and faithful servant. They both had a 100% increase. The one who five had five more. The one with two had four. Now, you need to know that God doesn't expect you to work with what you don't have he only wants you to work with what you do have now how often have you said well if I only had this if I only had a bit more if I only had this talent then I would do don't be like that God doesn't want you to work with what you don't have what you're wishing for he wants to do, you to work with and use the talents you have we don't give an, I don't give an account for what God gave Leslie or Daryl or Brian. I give an account for what God gave me. Whatever you've got, you need to work that thing. Develop it. If you're 12 years old, if you're 80 years old, it makes no difference. Well, the problem with number one talent guy well well I, I kept what you gave me but I didn't make it better you know I just sort of I had no increase I just sort of hid it away from myself whatever you do don't be content in just staying the same protecting your little patch the kingdom of God is about increase it's about fruitfulness and, you know, the master, he got really mad at number one, didn't he? He goes, ooh, 
maybe he was right about God. It was only with him. It was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. He thought the master was like that, and that's what he experienced. I felt a little, I felt a little bit bad for Mr. One Talent Man. I did. I felt a little bit bad for him because the master gave him this thing, and he didn't tell him to do anything with it. He said he just gave it to him and went away. And uh, you know, there's no command to increase it. Why are you getting mad? You're, maybe you're a bit harsh on this guy. Um, you didn't tell him, give him a plan, tell him what to do. You know, with, with God, it's not always about what com- we're commanded to do. So we just instinctively know stuff. We just know stuff. It's the Holy Spirit tells you. You don't have to tell a mother to protect her child. You go after a child, she'll kill you because she's, she's got that instinct, don't touch. And it's a, I think it's the same with what God has given us. He doesn't always give you a 12-step plan, tell you to go, you know, hear an audible voice, get up and go to this person. No, you just use what God has given you. And he, he sort of expects that. That's the culture of the kingdom, an instinctive um, desire to be fruitful to be a blessing to somebody no the command was there it's actually right back in genesis be fruitful and multiply there's the command and he's never changed his mind he seems to expect it of us to be like jesus it's the same a little bit there's a story about the ten lepers i don't know if you ever heard that story jesus healed them he said show yourself to the priest and they did, and they were healed. And only one came back and said thank you to Jesus. And Jesus said, where's the other nine? Now, he didn't ask them to come back. But he's, you know, there's some things God doesn't have to ask for, but it's just what we should do. Romans 12 give us, gives us a bit of an insight in to what we do with our gifts. Romans 12, verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as you're given. Well, but I don't get any opportunity. What sort of opportunity are you listening to? Are you looking for? Well, you know, so I can get the microphone in the church. Well, it doesn't say anything about that. It just who you're with. Speak to them. In your small group, when you're down the street, encourage somebody. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. But they didn't ask me to serve them. It doesn't say that. If your gift is serving, do it. If you are a teacher, Teach well. If your gift to is encourage others, then be encouraging. Hey, this isn't rocket science, is it? Whatever you can do, do it. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Taking the initiative. This is what it's talking about, taking the initiative. And it actually, with these gifts, there's a little self, self... They've done a self-assessment test. If you're good at this, do that. So no one even has to tell you that you're, you're good at being kind. If you're like that, use your gifts. 
Don't just pretend to love others. I like that. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring one another. Verse 11. Never be lazy. This is this is what um, the master called the one talent guy who headed away, your wicked and lazy servant. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Wow. So it's basically saying if you've got a gift, just use it. Don't wait for the little opportunity you've created in your head or what you think it looks like <laughs> use it every day mr talent one talent got it wrong he did nothing and i think that's just sort of written as a bit of a warning to us the master says the end the end part of that parable is quite strong throw this useless servant into outer darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth oh that's if you're not living in kingdom culture, you're going to lose what God has given you. And you're going to live a life full of regret um, instead of joy and fruitfulness. But the ones who were fruitful, he said, well done, good and faithful. Have you ever thought about that? Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, we often see ourselves a picture of standing at the gates of heaven hearing that. Not that it says that, we just assume that. Who's he talking to? He's talking to those who use what they have to be a blessing to others, really. Um, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's some more stuff. Kingdom culture is about committing your talents to God, using them to serve him and others, being fruitful. Well, I don't know what I can do. You know, sometimes... Can I tell you my own testimony? And I've, some of you have heard this before. I've discovered that some of the gifts or the abilities I have by meeting a need. Now, some I already knew I had, but others I discovered by actually trying to help. I'll give you an example. Uh, I used to do some graphic design. Some people know that. Why did I do that? Because I was at a church who said, can you get this calendar printed once, produced once a month and I went and got a quote for it and it was like $600 from this graphic designer. This is like 20 years ago. Times that out. I thought, oh, I'm going to buy Photoshop for dummies and see. I never tried any graphic design and all of a sudden I started to find out, hey, I think I could do a bit of this. I actually discovered a bit of a gift I have by meeting a need. The same with a lot of the, the music areas. I played piano in Bible college because there wasn't a piano player. How hard, hard can it be? You just got white keys, just hit the things. Got a little book, said the organ chord book, were coloured in notes. So I gave that a shot. I thought, oh, hang on, I think I can do this. When I became a counsellor, and you know, I'm, I'm not an out there person, and, and the gifts I have, uh, the things I do publicly, I would never have thought I have any of those sort of abilities until I tried something. So sometimes you try things and you discover gifts you have. Sometimes you just try things and you discover gifts you don't have. That's okay too. 
That's okay. Uh, I didn't list the failed attempts, all right? There's lots of them as well. You've got to be okay with that. But it's not just about you staring at your neighbour or thinking, well, I'm, I've got this gift of prophecy. Or just go. It's more than that. It's knowing, you know, what God has given you, but also you'll find lots of abilities you have just by perhaps meeting a need. I don't know what you can do. Well, do something. It'll show you. And as you get older, you, you'll develop different gifts. And as you grow, um, and if you do something, it says do it enthusiastically. In other words, do it with all the ability you have. Put your heart and soul into it. Don't just show up because you're on a roster somewhere or something like that. Be more than that because that's the sort of thing when God sees that he sees a heart where he can just give more gifts and more uh, uh, opportunity to when he sees someone like that it's the same principle in the church as it is in every part of society really I thought we'd be a good way to finish this would be for us to commit our gifts to God anyone got anything buried in the backyard not talking about bodies or anything. I'm talking about any, any gifts where, you know, you tried something well and then you, you, you took a hit because, you know, you got discouraged for whatever reason, but the gift is still there. Might be time to dig it up. You probably need to use it a bit differently than you did last time because times have changed and you're a bit older, but that's all right. But I think it'd be a great prayer for us to, to commit the things that God has given us to his um, kingdom I wonder if we can pray Lord Lord I thank you for the gifts you've given each person here and we, we thank you that the body of Christ is so diverse and none of us can say we're insignificant that you have um placed each one in this place and this community lord and you've given each one gifts and we commit those gifts to you lord and if they've gone become dormant or we've been uh, discouraged for some reason i pray lord that you will just remind us that you are a god who gives good gifts and you're a, a god who celebrates w with us when we when we use those to bless others lord and i thank you for each one and i commit them to you in jesus name Amen. Now, I just had one little thought when I was praying that prayer, and I've shared this before, but the body of Christ, you know, some are hands, some are feet, some are eyes, some are elbows, some are little toes. Well, they're not very important, are they? Until you kick your little toe, you know. We think we're not important until we injure something, and then it affects the whole body. Some think, well, I'm not very important, I'm not very visible. Like a liver, I'm not very... Invisible. If you try um, living well without the liver you can't see, the things that aren't, aren't seen on the big stage are usually more important. You know, on the outside of your body, you see your hair. Well, you can actually do without that. But you can't, can't do without your lungs, which you can't see. And it's the same in the body of Christ. In, in fact, 
Corinthians, Paul tells us to honour those things which are unseen because they are often more important than we realise. So I don't know where you see yourself or how you see yourself, but every person, every, every single part of the body of Christ is important for the health of the church, but also so we represent Jesus well. All right, we're going to finish with that. My challenge for you this week is to have a, re, a little self-assessment test and just see if there's any of those gifts which are dormant, uh, whatever they might look like, and say, God, uh, I think I need to commit this to you afresh and just do something with the gifts God has given you.